everybody on your feet. Are you guys ready for worship? This is the day that the Lord has made. Let's rejoice and be glad in it. Come on, somebody send up a shout to him. Come on, somebody send up a shout to our God this morning. Isn't he worthy? Hallelujah. Say, oh God, have your way. Come on, say it again. Oh God, have your way this morning. of praise from our hearts to your ears all the glory is yours now forevermore hear our worship all we can give is for you we're here for you so we dance and we sing and we worship you are king we're here for you and we give
somebody bless the name of the Lord in this place. Yes, God. If you know that he is worthy. Yes. Hallelujah. It was my cross you bore so I could live in the freedom you died for. And now my life is yours and I will sing of your goodness forevermore. Oh 
into our time of prayer, I want you to think about those words we just sang. Worthy is your name. You know, some of us, we may come to church for different reasons. It may be a good social outlet, and that too is the gospel. It may be out of your tradition. You just, that's just what you do. But I want you to think about these words. Worthy is your name. That is why we have gathered in this place. It is not just to do Sunday morning and just to come and be with other people, though that too is the gospel. We have gathered in this place to lift up the name that is above all names, to give glory to the one that is due all glory, to honor the creator of the heavens and the earth, the one that has created us. And so I wanted to shift our focus because I really, I don't sing that well, but you wouldn't know that when I'm on the front row without this mic on and I love how our band plays and I can get all into the beat and making sure I'm rocking and clapping on the beat and miss the very reason that it is the name of Jesus. And I was, when I was in Atlanta, I went to Ben Hill United Methodist Church. And for some reason, it was a Methodist church, but I'm telling you, we were spirit-filled. We were all slinging, tongue-talking, devil-stomping kind of folks. And there was this guy named Ralph Jones. And he prayed this prayer that has stuck with me 30 years. And I sang in the choir, couldn't sing real good, but you wouldn't know that. I just look good in my robe. And before service one day, Ralph Jones prayed. He said, and Lord, if you never do another thing for us, you've done so much to this point. You are still worthy, worthy, worthy. And so no matter where you may find yourself today, I want to pass on to you with Ralph Jones passed on to me. That in this very moment, if he didn't do another thing for us, he's been so good to this point. He's been so faithful to this point that he is still worthy of all the glory. He is still worthy of all the praise. He is still worthy of all the honor. If he didn't do another thing for us, he's still worthy. But because he is Jesus, <laughs> because he is that God that serves us, that we serve and that loves us because of who he is, he will continue to do what he promised to do. He will continue to be to us everything he promised us to be, a father, a comforter, a savior, a warrior, an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Though the earth be removed, we can count on this one thing, that Jesus and Jesus alone belongs to us. We are the ones he has given grace to recognize his 
into it. And in these last days, when everything is going awry, I want you to leave here today with this confidence that if you call upon the name of the Lord, that you shall be saved. And that salvation is not just for our comfort. That is not just for us not to be in trouble. Do you know what we are saved from? We are saved from the wrath and the judgment of God. We are saved from condemnation and eternal damnation in hell. That is what we are saved from. It is not for us to just be a country club in North Texas, to just come and look cute and sing songs as well as we can sing them, but it is to be saved and to be safe and to be confident that this place is not our home that we are just sojourning through and that one day we'll lift up our eyes and he will say, well done. It won't be in our own strength. It'll be because he loves us so. Before the foundations of the earth were established, he said, I am gonna create a you and you are an answer to a problem in the earth. And so problems may be coming and trying to threaten you and mistakes may be nipping at your heels and even your own bad choices. But today you have an opportunity to just say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You may not have anything else, but Jesus over your six circumstances. Jesus over your situations. Jesus over my choices. Jesus over my life. Jesus in this moment. So, oh God, we exalt you <laughs> now on earth and in heaven. Oh God, we exalt you that there is none like you and we recognize you as the one true living God. High and lifted up. We put you in your proper place as Savior and Lord over our lives. We commit this service to you and we say, God, we thank you today that things are as well as they are. We thank you for breath in our bodies. We thank you for a mind. We thank you that in this moment we are living out Lamentations 3.19 that this morning we receive new mercies just because you woke us up. Ah. And so Lord, for your people, with your people, we exalt you as the name above all names. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. And Lord... <laughs> If you never did another thing for us, we will be so very intentional to give you all the glory, to give you and you alone all the honor, and to give you all the praise, Lord Jesus. It is in your precious, matchless, everlasting, loving, saving, healing, delivering, exalted name that we pray, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
worthy. So now I'm going to do my best to transition, but this is exciting. We all get the opportunity to be a part of one of the sacred, give me the word, sacred ordinances, sacraments, traditions of the church, and that is to witness baptism. Now, as believers, you are not just spectators. We invite you to pray under your breath as those that are coming to be baptized are baptized. And we want you to know this may be your first time at church or maybe church hasn't been a part of your history, though we declare that it will be a part of your future. But being baptized is not a heaven or hell issue. You can still go to heaven without being baptized. But being baptized means that you're choosing to go public and you are saying that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and I belong to him. And it's very much like, you know, uh, people can see because of the grace of the man of God from 10 feet away that I'm married. They can, they can see it. Pastor made sure that they'd be able to know she belongs to somebody. So baptism is very much like when we are married, we have a ring and it's undeniable, marks the spot. And so baptism is very much like those of us that are married that put on the ring. We are saying, I belong to somebody and I belong to a community of folks. And if you come to Converge, you belong to folk that'll ride out with you, that'll be there for you that may even fight somebody in the name of Jesus, but we're going to keep it holy today. And so baptism means that you are saying, yes, I choose Jesus. Now, salvation, when you give your heart to the Lord, that doesn't necessarily have to be public. That can be private. You can do that at home, driving down the, the, the car, the street. You can do it in the bar, help us Jesus, but hey, He'll be there. You can profess Jesus and ask him to be Lord of your life. But now this is the icing on the cake. This is that determining factor that you are not ashamed and that you have gone from private to now public, that I belong to Jesus. And so we have seven candidates. Do we have seven? Yes, we have seven candidates and we are just going to bless God. So our very first one is one that is near and dear to my heart because he is straight out of children's church. And so I'm going to ask Mr. Quentin Askew and dad to come on to the pool. I'm sorry. I said, and dad, I'm getting things mixed up. I'm so sorry. Quentin, you can come on, come around here, sweetheart. And mommy can hold your towel. And no, you all can come on. You can come and stand with, with brother. And so we're so grateful for the Ask You family. We have Sarita here, mom. We have little sister and big sister. And we have a little baby evangelist here. 
And so I just want you to know we're so proud of you. Mommy's going to get a chance to speak, but Pastor Ray and I are so proud of you. We know that this moment is not just about the moment, that you are choosing to mark your life. And so we speak over you, Quentin, that you would never stray into the far country and that all the days of your life you would honor the Lord Jesus, that you would continue to be a leader and those gifts and graces, especially in art that he's given you, that you would never be ashamed and you would use them. I declare over you, Quentin, that you will be a witness on the playground and on the basketball court and in the lunchroom and in the classroom. I declare that your life would be such a light that your teachers would say, hmm, it is something about this young man. And I want you to remember this day that when life gets hard and when the road gets lonely, I want you to know that you are loved, not just in word, but what you're doing now is accepting the love that God has for you. And we are very proud of you. Thank you. Son, I'm so incredibly proud of your decision to be baptized and publicly commit your life to him. It's an important milestone in your life and the best and biggest decision you could ever make. And how fitting that this outward acceptance happens a week before your 11th birthday. I pray that you continue to hide God's word in your heart so that you may not sin against him. May you always seek his face first in all you do. May the Lord increase your understanding and wisdom so you can walk unapologetically into your purpose. As you continue trusting him, may you experience steadfast peace regardless of situation. May your house be built on a solid foundation, unmovable and unwavering from the trials and challenges of this world. May he bless your coming and your going. May he bless your hands to multiply all you have. I pray he sings to you each morning and you wake with song of worship. I pray that your days are filled with miracles, signs, and wonders. May his light within you shine so bright you lead others to Christ. May your ear develop to hear his instructions. Your heart be healed by the love only he can provide. Your mind be guarded continually against the lies of the enemy and that your body is healthy, able, and disciplined to complete the instructions and the work he has placed in you. May you remember that he loves you, he sees you, he hears you, and he cares for you. May he always comfort you and may you always remember who you are in Christ. Quentin Jeremiah ask you, I love you immensely. And today, son, you arise as the Lord's noble warrior and wise leader. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Wow. Sharita, thank you for speaking prophetically over Quentin. Yes. And we pray that every word that you have spoken according to God's word will come to pass in Quentin's life. In Jesus' name. Have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior? Based on your public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism and raising you to newness of life. <laughs> Amen. Congratulations, buddy.
now we will move on. And moms, I want you to see that as an example. You can speak life yeah, and destiny yeah. over your children. Over your children. Never be ashamed. You don't have to have a scripture or you don't have to have it written out. But when they go to sleep, before they wake up, as you're sitting at the table, you too have the power and authority to do that. Number two, our second candidate for baptism is Mr. Kwashi Clay. Kwashi Clay. <laughs> Yes, we are so proud of the man of God. He's got two beautiful sons that he brings to church. We thank you for the leader that you are. We thank you for the man of God that you are. Yeah. And we're so grateful to God that he would bring you to us. Absolutely. Know that you are worthy. Know that you are stronger than it feels like. Know that you are an example yes, sir. of what fatherhood looks like. It is our honor to have you as a converged man. And we stand proudly with you. We stand proudly for you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper in the name of Jesus. And every tongue that rises against you, it shall be condemned. May every broken and dry place be sealed up with his love and may you continue to walk out in the leadership you've been called to may every threat of the enemy and every insecurity be denounced and destroyed because of your decision today thank you for leading your sons yeah. to be a king to be kingdom men yeah. and thank you for answering your call Amen. to the kingdom I echo every word that Pastor Wendy said. We are incredibly proud of you. And just know that as long as you are here at Converge Church, you don't walk alone. One of the things that we say at Converge Men in our men's ministry is, cover me, I'm reloading. And sometimes you just need to know that there are men around you who will watch your back, who will cover your six while you're reloading. They're standing against that wall right now, and there's so many others sitting in those chairs. Because at Converge, no man will be left behind in Jesus' name. Kwashi, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior? Yes, I have. Now, based on your public profession of faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior, I now baptize you in the name that is above every other name, the mighty matchless name of Jesus, bearing you in the waters of baptism, So as our next candidate comes up, Brother Dyrus, the enemy has been fighting, and I didn't know you were coming today, and I see why, but I take authority over that thing. You know we love you, right? Yes. You know this is your home, right? Yes. You know you're a son in this house. You're a king and a warrior. Yes. 
Yes, and we thank God for you. So I'm going to take authority over that thing. Please cut my mic. And so. As you found and continue to follow him in this moment, in this important milestone. Just one question. Dyrus, have you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. Now, Dyrus, based on your public profession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism. To newness of life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you.
Okay, can you hear me now? One second, her mic is not on. Okay, can we probably switch? Thank you, Brother Don. Love of my life. When you knocked on my door all those years ago, who knew that you were the one that God sent for me? We've been through ups, we've been through downs, but through it all, we stayed prayed and we fought. Baby, today, I've seen you hurt, abused, and beat down. And I've prayed over and over and over again for you. And I'm gonna continue to pray. But you went down in that water today. So you leave all that that you went through all them years ago in that water. Don't you bring it out with you. And you remember, you look around here and you see all these people here. These are God's warriors. And they fought and they prayed and they have been there for you. No one stands in judgment of you. We love you. You have too much to be blessed for. And baby, I'm sorry to say, now that you've been baptized, the devil's going to come that much harder. And he's going to come at you any which way he can. But as long as you remember, you are not alone. And God has your back. Every time that devil comes, he will fail. Because when you go against God, you don't succeed. Know that I love you, baby. And I am here. I'm not going anywhere. And I pray and I know I've already seen it, baby. I prayed last night and had a dream of this day. I knew who was going to be here and who was not going to be here. I knew why they were not going to be here. And I knew that you were okay. And that's all that matters. Because what God put together, there is no one, nothing that can destroy it. Amen. Amen. I love you. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. Oh boy, am I going to make it through this next one. It's so amazing to see people just grow up and grow up in God. So our fourth candidate is our very own. Little no more, he's called a little Zoe, but Zoe Hall, come on hey. down. <laughs> You can go ahead on and get in. We're just so proud of you. We're just so proud that mom and dad have, have just kept you near the Lord. We have been knowing Zoe since before Zoe was walking. And so how old are you now, 11, Zoe? She's 11 years old now and making the decision for Christ. So we're so proud of you. We're so proud to be your church family. And we're so proud of the woman of God that you are evolving into. Look at me, Zoe. You are a gift. Yes, you are. You are a promise. You, your life, is the manifestation of answered prayer. You know what your name means, right? 
what does it mean? Life. And today, we can even say life of God. Zoe, every time somebody calls your name, they are speaking a blessing. And so may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he continue to make his face shine upon you. And Zoe, may he be gracious to you. May every weapon that has been formed against you, it will never prosper. When the road gets lonely, you remember, I belong to God. You remember, I've got, look at your people. I've got people. These are the immediate circle that love me. You've got your youth crowd back in the back here witnessing with you. There are so many for you, so many more for you than that could ever be against you. So we bless you today, Zoe. While the family's here, they're going to share a few words of blessing and affirmation over Zoe. So Zoe, <clears throat> you know it's been a long journey for you to get here. And I don't know if people know our story, but you've been a blessing since the day that you were born. Your mother and I, we dreamed about you, we prayed for you. That's why we called you Zoe. We know that you will be the head and yes. not the tail. We know that we've prayed for you. We're so proud and elated for this celebratory day that you've decided to make, to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. The angels in heaven are going crazy right now, knowing yes, that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Amen. Thank you for making this decision. Mommy and I love you very much, and we are here for you and love you, and all the people that are here love you as well, and we just want to continue to call up blessings yes. and everything that you've put your hands to that would be great. Yes. We thank you. Zoe, we love you so much. I remember when we were sitting in church over 20, 22 years ago, and God gave your name to your dad, and he said in church, if we ever have our daughter, we're going to name her Zoe. We prayed for you, and we had your room ready for you 12 years before you got here. In the moment that I was starting to feel weary and not think you were coming, God reminded us that his timing, his timing, not yeah. ours, is yeah. always perfect. And it is an honor to be your mother. And Daddy and I love you so much. And we thank you for our circle of friends and family who love you so much. We are here for you. And we thank you for making this big decision today. We love you. Zoe, you know the number 11 means something, don't you, to me? Today is the 11th. You're 11 years old. And the 11 means a lot to me. God has always used that number. Um, it's, a it's a gateway. If you open your arms up, if you open your arms up, you'll see the number 11. It's a praise. It's a praise. It's a gateway to God. And I'm proud of you. I see God in you all through your life. And you touch me. I'm so proud of you for this decision that you've made today. And I'm glad to be here to witness it. I love you. All I'm going to say is Auntie Etsy loves you. I'm so proud of you. We're so proud of you, Zoe. We're so proud. Zoe Bear, we are proud of you. Just remember to always keep your eye on God. He will never lead you astray. 
And when you're ever confused, if you ever have a question, look to God. You will find the answer. I love you. I am so proud of you for making this decision. And I am just happy and honored to be here to witness it. Hi, Zoe. I'm so proud of you, too. And just echo warning, so happy to be here just to witness this moment. Hi, Zoe. So good to see you. Growing up so fast, and this is such a great day in your life. And we are so proud of you, and we love you. tell you that this is an amazing decision, that you are amazing, and that I love you, okay? Go Z. <laughs> Thank you, Lee. Praise the Lord. Well, Zoe, this is the moment we've all been waiting for, right? Have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior? Yes. Amen. Well, based on your confession of faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism. thank you so much for your patience and, and your grace. And we don't have this every Sunday. And so today will be a little more extended time, but we just thank you for locking in with us. So our next baptism candidate is Miss Leah Isom. <laughs> yes. And we've been able to watch Leah grow into a, a young woman, and she's got family here. And and I just, while I was standing here, and I was just a little uh, distracted. Um, this is your moment, but but you know you you're a stick of dynamite for the kingdom. Yes, she is. Yeah, yes, she yeah. Is. Start writing it all down. The day is coming sooner than you think for you to speak okay sooner than you think the ministry that's in your heart and it's your moment but I'm not sleeping on your sister either start writing it down and start having confidence in it it is not you it is the Holy Spirit in you before you were ever conceived you are the culmination of the best parts of your mom and dad and everything that they've instilled in you and taught you and given you freedom to be your whole look and your demeanor and your grace yeah. is for your generation yes, for is. such a time as this so you already ready just do it you don't need nobody's permission it is time the world is in need of you baby bear. Woo! All right. Um, I did write a few things down just to make sure I didn't forget anything, but I love you. You know that. I thank God for you. I thank God that he entrusted us yes. with you because we, as soon as he gave us to you, we gave him back, you back to him. 
and we knew that you know both you and Kaylin would be used for his glory and that everything you do we don't take your goodness or how good you are as being good parents but we give God the glory we give him glory we just pray that your life would glorify him and we thank God you're so talented you're such a beautiful model graphic designer she can sing too I mean just you're not just beauty on the outside but beauty on the inside you attract some of the most amazing people to you and that you know your purpose is to lead them to Christ to point them to Christ and so that he would get the glory and so I, I, I remember this scripture that you guys used to quote and it, it's first Timothy 4 and 12 it says don't this is a passion verse it says don't be intimidated by those who are older than you simply be the example they need to see by being faithful and true in all that you do speak the truth and live a life of purity and authentic love as you remain strong in your faith you know that daddy and I love you and we would do anything for you we are always team Leah since day one and we love you so proud of you I want to say praise the Lord when you get the mic, you know. God is good. God is so good. Uh, thank you, Father God. Pastor Wendy, everything you're saying, the Lord was talking to me about the same. Uh, you will be a world changer. Just like your grandmother, you are an evangelist and a preacher. Hallelujah. It's no, re it's no accident that when you go out, you talk about Jesus and people's hearts get changed. You be filling up these seats. I see people coming. And God is not, he, he's not, he's not a God that forgets your labor of love, hmm. which is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Glory to God. Yes. And, and what I love the fact is that Leah's been baptized before, but the Bible says you can get baptized again for conscious sake. She's coming to a different revelation yeah. of, of, of knowing who God is. And so it's a whole lot deeper. This is a whole lot deeper meaning yeah. even than the first time. We, we, we get baptized for the remission of our sins, for removal of our sins, but she is getting baptized because she wants to get closer to you, Father. Yeah. Glory to God. And I love you. I kid you not. I love you. I love you. I love you. I just want to say I'm so blessed that we were able to cross paths. You've been an inspiration to me. You even brought me back to church. So thank you, Lee, and I'm so proud of you. Leah, I just want to tell you that I love you. I'm so proud. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. That's love. I just love you. I respect you. I'm grateful for you. Not everybody has their sister still this time. But I'm grateful that I can say that my sister's still here. Thank you for not giving up on yourself. I just want to let you know that you matter. Yes. And I'm so glad that you've taken this path instead of any other path. Yes. I just want to say that I'm very proud of you. Um, I made you two a promise, and I'm going to stick by it. Um, I just want to say, keep continue sending your text message at 11, 12 o'clock, you know, in the morning <laughs> about different um, different scriptures and whatnot. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for bringing us three close. So just want to let you know I love you and I'm proud of you. Hello, Leah. <laughs> I just want to say I'm very proud of you and congratulations for this big step you're taking in your life. Love you. 
Leah, we are all incredibly proud of you and incredibly proud of this next step that you're taking, going public and affirming your faith, the reality of what Jesus has already done and what he will continue to do in and through you. Leah, have you trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes. Amen. Well, based on your public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism. Amen. And raising you to newness of life. <laughs> Amen. Congratulations. We love you. Brother Aaron Matthews to come. Amen. Amen. So good to see men leading. I grew up in a at Mount Olive Baptist Church in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and it was just Deacon Demas and 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 Deacon Jones and Deacon Matthews, and then it was the rest of the women. And so I'm so glad that I get to be a part of a church where men lead for God and that we don't have the imbalance of all of the women but we have men yeah, yeah. so Aaron your name alone means leadership your name alone in that you are a strength provider and because of who's got, who God has called you to be who you are May from this day forth, you see yourself differently. May you see that leader that is in you. Leadership isn't always from a stage, nor is it loud. Leadership also comes in quiet strength. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. My mama told me when I was a little girl, you never know who's watching you. Brother Aaron, you are being watched, not stalked to what you're going to do wrong. But your life says to people, well, if Aaron is doing it, it must be right. So we bless you. We thank you. We love you. We welcome you in your family. Well, I'm speaking for me and Malachi, our little one, but um, we're really proud of you. You're awesome. You're an amazing example of what a Christ follower looks like, and you're showing us and our little boy about how it is to be a man of God, and uh, I've known you for 14 years, so it's been fun to watch your journey and to see over the last few years how strong your walk has gotten and how you're pouring into not only our family, but all the boys and the kids at North McKinney North and showing those football players what it looks like to be a strong, God-following man, and you show them in ways without having to always use the words, just being the example that God yes. wants you to be, even though you're in a environment where you can't necessarily just sit and profess God's love, but you show it by your fruits, and that is very powerful. And you'll continue to show them and our son what it is to be the man that God's called you to be. And you're hard on yourself, so I know sometimes you're going to get frustrated, but just know that you're, you, you're guided by God, and the flesh will be there still, so don't be hard on yourself. You're going to make mistakes, and when you do, you just know that your heart's in the right place and God's forgiven you and you're going to do it again and you're going to show him 
in me that it's okay to mess up. You just own your mistakes and you are forgiven and you're sorry and we're gonna do better next time and just be the strong person that God's put you in our lives for and Amen. making the difference you make. Amen. We love you. Aaron, I'm Aaron's mom, and I just want to say, when I was carrying Aaron, and his dad and I decided, the way we decided to call him Aaron was, I opened the Bible, and I said, the first name that I saw, I was going to name this kid that name, and I saw it was Aaron, and... Aaron has always been a leader, even with his little brother Josh. He's always been the leader. He's the second child. I have four boys. He's the second one. And he has always, always been a leader. He's always been the family guy. So Aaron, when Aaron graduated from college, he dabbled in a few things, didn't know where he was supposed to be, but I always knew yeah. that Aaron was gonna be leading a group of kids. I always knew that Aaron was supposed to be a teacher, a leader. And, you know, I let him, we let him do what he was supposed to do, but when he started working at North, I said to him, I said to God, yes. That's where he's supposed to be. So you are supposed to lead other young men and you're supposed to bring them to Christ. And like Pastor said, it doesn't have to be loud. It can be by the way you carry yourself. And I've always, always prayed for every last one of my boys. So this is a dream come true. So I love you. Dad and I love you. And I'm so proud of you. And I know... You're, you're going to be an excellent dad. So, love you. trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Yes, I have. Amen. Now, based on your public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit, bearing you in the waters of baptism.
He's a big boy. Come on, somebody. I wish you could see the, the baptismal from my view. One thing about Pastor Ray is you are going down. All the way. There is nothing that is going to be unbaptized. I appreciate your dunk game, baby. <laughs> I do have dunk game. <laughs> yes. And last but certainly not least, we welcome Mr. Legend Stevens to the baptism. Amen. Legend. As Legend comes, it's so funny. The, their first time here... I was breaking the rules. I had already told children's ministry, hey, you know, we have to close down at a certain time. And then I saw Legend and his mom out in the in the lobby. And I just said, oh, let's let him go in. But when he went in, he didn't have a tag. And I'm not going to tell you that it took us about 15 minutes to find him. That's not a real good reputation to have at a church. And so I hadn't seen them since. And I was like, oh, Lord. We done lost these people's baby, and they never came back to church. And then I saw them today. Not that they haven't been here. I just hadn't seen him, and he's getting baptized. So I told Mom, I'm so glad you brought him back. Yes. <laughs> you know, how old is he? He, Okay. If he is not quite ready yet, we will, we will, we can talk about it, but it'll be okay. Now we can do it because you're here. If he doesn't want to get in, we can do it. Oh, he's getting in. There he goes. Good job, buddy. You know, in about 60 days, Brandy and I would be empty nesters, and um, the Lord decided just to bless us with this little gorgeous three-year-old boy. And I, I kind of went back and forth of, why would you want to bless me at this time? And I, I called my mom, and I just, I remember that the God I serve doesn't make any mistakes. Amen. And so, you know, we, we always talk about a mom's love, and I, we appreciate it and love it, but, but dad's, love, dad's love is unconditional and strong, too, basically. Amen, amen, um, amen. I, I tell all my kids, he's, he's the sixth one, the, the last one, hopefully. <laughs> he's the last one. And it just what, what I pray is that, you know, if you're going to sense that, I, I tell the devil at least a few times a week, when it comes to my kids, you got to get through me first. If, if, you, if you're going to send diabetes or, or health problems, send them to me. If you're going to send financial problems, send them to me. Um, I, that daddy's here first. And, and the fact that the, the scripture teaches we were created in his image. And so if we were created in his image, there's greatness in all of us. And so um, very thankful for little man. Um, just, you know, just kind of reminds me of, um, I think it's in, in Jeremiah says, before I formed thee, I knew thee. I set, them apart. I set, I set thee apart. Um, and so I'm just thankful that, again, God I serve doesn't make any mistakes. And um, shout out to, to, to Pastor Ram. Uh, when legend gets up around 730 or 8, 
I said, Legend, you ready to go to school? I said, no, Daddy, I want to go to church school. I want to go to Jesus school. So mm-hmm. shout out to y'all, too, that y'all Amen. are waiting. Thank you so Amen. much. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe we can just do a, a, a sprinkling right now because also this is, and not to take away your desire, but because of his age, we don't want to attach this to his to his, his memory and going to church and his pastor. And so he is still blessed. You have brought him and the Lord honors that. And so baby, if you could just still maybe just scoop up some water and then when he's ready to tell us he's ready. joining us we're going to continue on in worship and be expecting a phenomenal word from pastor eric and pastor ray in just a few moments good morning morning everyone morning. Well, welcome. We are so excited that all of you who are here got to experience this with us. If it's your first time, welcome. And we are so glad that you got the opportunity to see here at Converge. We are family. This goes deeper than Sunday. This goes deeper than the songs and just the, the, the one-time message. This is life-changing. This is every day. This is every day waking up, every challenge that we have. This is real soul stuff. So we're so happy that you got to at least witness and see um, how we how we do that together. So welcome. Again, if it's your first time, we would love to get to know you. Uh, meet us at the Connection Center outside after service. We would love to get your name, um, keep you plugged in with what's going on here at Converge. Also, if you did not know it was Water Baptism Sunday and you don't know what's going on here at Converge, then we invite you to follow us on our social media platforms. It's where you can find out what's going on, um, change in detail sometimes that um, your emails may not get as uh, updated as quickly, so we'd love for you to follow us. TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, everything we are at, we are Converge, except for TikTok, it's at Converge Church. So make sure to follow us. We are also still doing our selfie challenge. I know some of you are taking selfies and taking pictures together. Just make sure to um, tag us and mention at We Are Converge when you post those. So we look forward to all the events coming up this summer, so make sure you follow us to stay plugged in. Students. 
Oh, also, yeah, last but not least, um, we did have our students in watching their peers and everyone get baptized this morning, but our students, middle school, high school, are meeting every second and fourth Sunday back at The Verge. They are giving life, giving ministry to these kids. We want them growing. We want them to have a community um, separately and different than what they might be getting in their neighborhoods and um, in their schools. So make sure to bring your students out, have them invite their friends. They're having a great time, great time learning about God. So make sure you bring your students second and fourth Sundays of the month. Awesome. Thank you, Cassie. So one thing you guys will learn about us here at Converge is that we don't do anything halfway. Just last Sunday, we kicked off our towel drive, and some people had donated early, but we've been asking you guys to help us uh, bless streetside showers in providing towels because they um, benefit the homeless in our community. With just one Sunday under our belt, one Sunday and a half-ish, we have blown our goal of 500 towels out of the water. As of this morning, we are at 900 plus. Yes. Thank you. With a couple more Sundays to go. So I am of the mindset that when we decide here at Converge that we're going to bless somebody, we're not going to take our foot off the gas just because we met the goal. We are really, for real, for real, for real, going to bless streetside showers. So we do have a couple more Sundays. We are collecting towels and receptacles at the lobby. If you haven't donated yet and you would like to, you can bring it next Sunday or the following Sunday. We will be collecting throughout the entire month of June. Speaking of generosity, our very own Kia Gibbs and Bariah Wagner are partnering. Yes, give it up for Kia and Bariah and Carla. Uh, they are partnering with Love Packs for a special Father's Day edition of the Juneteenth Unity Games. That will be next Sunday, Father's Day, from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. at the Comerica Center in Frisco. Love Packs is uh, a, an organization that shows or demonstrates God's love by helping feed the food insecure, in particular children. And so again, leading with the hand of generosity and not a clenched fist, like we do here at Converge, we are asking our families, our, our Converge Nation, to donate one non-perishable food item per family member next Sunday. We'll have additional receptacles, but if you could bring one non-perishable item per family member and donate to be a blessing to Love Packs, we would appreciate it. We love you guys and appreciate everything that you are doing. And the last thing I want to share before I get out of you guys' way is next Sunday is Father's Day. I need y'all to give it up for my dad. So join us for a special Father's Day message, but also our theme for next Sunday is suits and sneakers. Come in your suits, come in your sneaks, all that good stuff. And it is baby dedications. If you have not dedicated your little one, if you have a baby or even a little one, and you want to dedicate your baby to the Lord, that is next Sunday during our worship experience. Send an email to admin at We Are Converge. We'll get all of the pertinent details to you guys. So thank you guys so much for everything that y'all do to help, life, help make life-giving ministry happen here at Converge. We appreciate you. Enjoy the rest of the worship experience. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Converge Church. Are you happy? Are you glad you're here? Thank you so much for coming and helping us to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. We've been really blessed. And because of your giving, because of your obedience to the Word of God, because you obey the Word as they, the Bible teaches in Deuteronomy, bring what you can and give what you can as the Lord has blessed you. And you know what? 
God has blessed us. Let me share a couple of things with you. We are a converged church around the world because we were able to sponsor with Living Water Ministries Uganda to help four leaders attend the Rama Faith Conference in Kenya. Amen. That's a good thing. That's because of what God does through our church. Secondly, Harvest Church, Campo Grande, Brazil, we were able to help sponsor their citywide crusade, training, and ordination last month. That's because of your obedience to the Word of God. Amen. We are a blessing to people around the world, and we thank God for your giving. Amen. Everybody say blessed. Say I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm not going to sing. I'm blessed. Amen. Well, thank you so much. If you need an envelope, please raise your hand, and the ushers will get you one. Please fill the envelope out in its entirety. We would certainly appreciate that. You can also give online at weareconverged.com. You can also give by texting 77977-GIVE. You can give that way. You can also give by using your cash app, and you can also give through Zelle. We thank you so much. If you use Zelle, please use the accounting at weareconverged.com email that's associated with our account. We're so glad and excited that you're here. We're so thankful that we're able to be a blessing around the world. Say blessed. Amen. Bow your heads and let's pray and thank God for the generous offering that he's going to bless us with today. Father, we thank you so much. We're excited. We're glad. We're happy. We choose to be givers. We choose to be happy about giving. We choose to obey your word by bringing our tithes and our offerings to the storehouse. God, we thank you so much as you have blessed us that we get to bless the kingdom of God. Father, bless everyone that gives today. Help us to understand and to see how our work, God, achieves great things and that we represent you everywhere that we go. Thank you for Converge Church. Thank you for the blessing that we've been able to be around the world. And thank you for your son, Jesus, God, through which and through whom we're able to give. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let us all say amen. Thank you so much. Come on, Converge Church, up on your feet. We're going to sing one more song. Come on, somebody just say, Holy Spirit, rest on us. Come on, say it again. Holy Spirit, rest on us. The spirit was moving over the water. Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. As the spirit was moving over the water. Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. We sing all down. Spirit, we Make my heart pound
fill me afresh, oh God. Come and fill us afresh, oh God. We sing, Holy Spirit, come rest on us. You're all we want, yeah. You're all we want. Sing, Holy Spirit, won't you come and rest on us?
Glory to God. Amen. Spirit, rest on us. That's our prayer today. That as we look to your word together, Holy Spirit, you would rest upon us. Visit us with your presence. Visit us with your power. Visit us with your grace. And this morning, God, we choose to approach your word with humility and reverence. And God, we ask you to open our eyes that we might behold wondrous things from your word. Father, make our hearts receptive. May our hearts be good soil upon which the seed of your word falls and that we might bear much fruit that brings glory to your name. Father, make us now your vessels to faithfully and rightly divide your word. Make our tongues as the pen of ready writers. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord if you can. Today is week three of Fruition. It's our current sermon series. We've been on this journey since Pentecost Sunday, which was three weeks ago, uh, called Fruition. We've titled the sermon series Fruition, and we're discovering what the scriptures have to say about becoming fruit-bearing Christians. Jesus spoke about that uh, extensively in John chapter 15, especially also in verse 16, uh, this imperative that we have as Christ followers to be fruit-bearers that people ought to look at our lives and see the evidence of our relationship with him. That when people see us, there ought to be evidence that he abides in us and that his word abides in us as well. And also that we abide in him. So we've been on this journey in Galatians chapter five. It's been our anchor text and it's given context and it has framed our conversation on what it looks like to be a fruit-bearing, a fruitful Christian. The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 1, that this man will be planted like a tree planted by rivers of water that will bear much fruit, bring forth its fruit in season, its leaves will not wither, and whatsoever this man, this woman does shall prosper. It's a picture of what the life of a Christ follower should look like. And so we're talking about how we can become fruitful Christ followers. Amen? Galatians chapter 5 has been our anchor text because in Galatians chapter 5, uh, Paul helps us understand what this life in the Spirit looks like, uh, what this outworking of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer looks like. It's going to be evident in what we call these nine fruit of the Spirit. Uh, our first week, we talked a little bit about what it looks like to live under the influence of the Holy Spirit, and last week, we talked about love. In fact, we answered the question, uh, that age-old question from the, the 1980s song, I want to know what love is. Uh, unfortunately, due to some technical difficulties, we were unable to capture the audio uh, from the sermon. And so uh, Pastor Eric and I are going to re-record that message. And to the best of our ability, we'll try to recapture uh, some of the thoughts that we shared uh, during that message. But we're going to pick up kind of, sort of, where we left off. We're going to be back in Galatians chapter 5. But this morning, we're going to skip. We wanted to go in sequential order. We're going to jump uh, from love to peace. Uh, Pastor Wendy uh, will be sharing joy in a few weeks, and, uh, but we're going to talk a little, bit about, a little bit today about what it looks like to walk in the peace of God. We've chosen as a sermon title, Unbothered. Come on. 
Have you ever met somebody who was just unbothered no matter what they were going through? No matter what their experience was? You've probably been in a season of your life as well where everything around you was falling apart, but you made a conscious decision. I'm just going to be unbothered by all of y'all. <laughs> uh, this morning, we're going to talk about what it lives, looks like to walk in and experience the peace of God where you and I can find calm in the midst of chaos, where we can find Christ in the midst of crisis. Because again, the scripture says in Galatians 5 that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, but also peace. Pastor Eric. Good morning, everybody. Uh, first, I just want to say, when Pastor Wendy was up here preaching earlier, mm. I'm getting just incrementally more intimidated to come up here and try to follow that. I mean, it was just phenomenal, Jesus-exalting preaching. Powerful. Man. And I just thought, we're, we're in trouble, Pastor Ray. We are. we got to follow that? It's <laughs> like, crazy. Yeah. But uh, no, very excited to be here. I want to wish a very happy birthday to a very dear friend of mine who I can't stand, but I love him at the same time, <laughs> Mr. David Garner sitting back here. David happy birthday, Garner, buddy. Happy birthday. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, let's dive excited. into the word, man. Yes, sir. Let's dive. Uh, Galatians 5 is our anchor text. We'll begin reading at verse number 16, and I'm in the Passion Translation. Uh, you may have it on your, your uh, virtual Bibles, uh, on your phone or on your iPad. We also have the notes available in version every Sunday. I think the instructions are going to be on the screen how you can access our notes in you version. Uh, but for those of you who have your Bibles with you, we're in Galatians chapter 5, beginning at verse number 16. Again, we're in the Passion Translation, and it reads, let me emphasize this. These are the words of Paul, the apostle, the most prolific writer in the New Testament. He says, as you yield to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. So he introduces this thought of this cause and effect. And the operative word there is as you yield. Mm -hmm. The way John the Baptist said it, he said, I must decrease and Christ must increase. There is a yielding that must happen in the life of the believer. And there is an inverse relationship as I yield to God, my flesh and the cravings of my flesh decrease. Notice he uses another word. He calls it the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit. That means the work of the Holy Spirit is ongoing. It is progressive, not static. But as we yield to him, the more we yield to him, the more visible and the more effectual his work is in our lives. And the effect is we abandon the cravings of our self-life. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your self-life from dominating you. So then, the two, my spirit life and my self-life, are incompatible and they are conflicting forces within you, uh, your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. But when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but soaring above it. Yeah, somebody caught that. The behavior of the self-life is obvious. 
One translation says it's evident. You know, Doc, we live in a day and a time when we're, we're, we're quick to say, don't judge me. Yet the scripture says, the work and the fruit of the flesh is evident. And most of what people push back against and call judgment is just people being fruit inspectors. <laughs> Don't get mad at me if I see an orange and I call it an orange. That's not judgment. That is someone inspecting the fruit of my life. The scripture says it's obvious. Mm -hmm. You can see when a person is dominated by their self-life. Hmm. And notice what he says. The behavior of the self-life is obvious. You ain't got to discern or decipher. It's crystal clear. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, Chasing after other things instead of God. Ah, now the first half of the list, you know, that's kind of the usual suspects. Mm -hmm. That's the part of the checklist list for most of us that's evident. But notice on that same checklist, notice what it says. Manipulating others. That's a work of the flesh. Hatred of those who get in your way when you're spiteful and you're motivated by getting even. Your vice may not be sexual, but your vice may be a condition of your heart. Notice, here, here's another one, senseless arguments. I'm talking about when you live on low simmer. <laughs> you know what I mean, low simmer? You know, you know, uh, ladies, when, when you're getting ready to saute the onions and you let the, the oil get just hot enough, but it ain't bubbling yet, and nobody knows how hot the oil is until you throw the onions in and they're like, shh. That's a work of the flesh. Senseless arguments when you're given to picking fights. And when somebody points it out to you, they ain't judging you. They're just fruit inspectors. And they're saying the fruit that is evident in your life right now is this. Resentment when others are favored. Woo. Temper tantrums. Listen to me. Jesus called us and created us to be childlike in our faith, not childish with our fits. Childlike, not childish. Mm -hmm. All these things are obvious works of the flesh, and it is evident the places in my life that I have not yielded and fully surrendered to the work of the Holy Spirit. Should I keep on going? Being in love with your own opinions. Okay. Get off my toes. <laughs> Being envious of the blessings of others. And notice what comes next, murder. All in the same <laughs> boat, on the same list, in God's estimation. Mm -hmm. Uncontrolled addictions. 
wild parties. And notice what he says, and all other similar behavior. Haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom realm of God? And then it goes on to say, but the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. So even as we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, ultimately what it really is, it's love. Mm -hmm. Love finding expression in joy that overflows, peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities for they are meant to be limitless. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus Christ have already experienced crucifixion for everything connected with our self life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. That's a whole nother sermon right there. If the spirit is the source of our life, we must also allow the Spirit to direct every aspect of our lives. And that's why we said last week, the easy part of this relationship with Jesus is to say, Jesus, you're my Savior. The tough part is to say, Jesus, you're now Lord. Because Jesus being Lord of my life means I have given him authority to direct every aspect of my life. And really... Bearing the fruit of the Spirit ultimately comes back to the question of, have I yielded my life to Jesus, and have I given him lordship over my life? Pastor Eric. Yes, sir. And being now that we are not just someone who has a spirit, we are a spirit. Yes, sir. We are a spirit. We are a justified spirit. As children of God, born again, made brand new, and now alive with Christ. And so as a result of that, our spirit is now connected to God, one spirit with him. So as I, I said a couple of weeks ago, you're not the problem. The flesh is the problem. Right. All right. So you got you to gotta put the blame on the right thing. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna take the wrong credit. Right. Um, and, uh, and remember, Paul said, I find a law in my flesh. Here's the issue. That's where the sin is. Right. And it's not me. It's the flesh. And if we're going to truly live by the Spirit, we have to identify correctly with who we are and, and whose we are and who is in us. And just that reality of Christ in me, the hope of glory, will help us to have the right perspective on our lives overall so that um, you won't fall under condemnation. Uh, it's never, never God's intent nor His place for you. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So good. So, um, and so he teaches us here, if we, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. So good. And awesome. It's going to be seen in the fruit of the Spirit. It's going to be seen in the fruit of the Spirit. The particular fruit of the Spirit we're talking about today is peace. Uh, we were studying earlier this week and, and preparing for the message today, and you had a fascinating, intriguing definition for peace, which is actually uh, rooted in the Greek word used in the New Testament for peace. Unpack that for us. Yeah, it's the Greek word, uh, erene. I, can't, I don't like to say it without rolling the R. It's erene. <laughs> it's just that much more power. It's E-I-R-E-N-E, -E, and it, and it, it is the, the Greek word for peace, the, the, the dominant word for peace in the New Testament. And it means the end of the havoc and rage of war, a state of national 
tranquility. So when we see from Romans 5, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. The end to the rage and havoc of war. A state of national tranquility through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's powerful. That's powerful. You also said this uh, in our conversation, but we did a quick blurb, a promo video, and you talked about storms. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Unbothered, right? Finding calm in the midst of chaos, in the midst of crisis. And the text that we're going to use to unpack that to see how Jesus lived unbothered uh, uh, happens in the context of a storm. But you said something about storms that I thought was profound. About the peace of God. It doesn't take, take you out of the storm, but it does take the storm out of you. Amen. Isn't that good? That's what we're talking about today uh, because the, the, there's, there's a lot of people think of peace in terms of the absence of problems. But peace isn't necessarily the absence of problems. Peace is the presence of God. Yes, yes. Meaning, yeah, you can have peace in the midst of turmoil. He doesn't take you out of the storm external, but he can calm the storm that was once raging inside of you. Yes. It means that you can go through a difficult time, a difficult season, and still experience the peace of God internally. Uh, Most of us pray that God would remove the problem when God says, I want you to find my presence. It's the, it's the, 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 the three Hebrew boys praying, and this is what they prayed. We know our God can deliver us from this furnace, but if not, we still won't bow. And in the furnace, Nebuchadnezzar says, hold on, didn't we throw three men in the fire? I see a fourth man as unto the Son of God. Why? Because God doesn't always remove the problem. Sometimes storms come to measure our awareness of the presence of God. No, 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 most of us think, oh yeah, when things are good, God's with me. And when things are hard, eh, God abandoned me. Mm -hmm. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Mm -hmm. Because his promise to us, his promise to us is I will never leave you I will never forsake you. So when my circumstances appear to be overwhelming, has Jesus abandoned me? No. What I've lost is my awareness of his presence. Uh, I've shared this with my church before. Um, I like watching movies. It's the way I unwind and it's the way I deal with stress. First night, uh, uh, Sean Connery, starring Sean Connery as uh, King Arthur, Richard Gere as Lancelot. There's a scene when Maligan, who had been one of the Knights of the Round Table, um, forces his way into the castle uh, to have this meeting with with, uh, King Arthur, and he's actually threatening that he's going to overrun Camelot. He's going to overtake Camelot if King Arthur doesn't surrender. He walks out of the meeting and his, <clears throat> his knights, the knights of the round table, are deliberating what to do. And Sean Connery's character, King Arthur, this is what he said. He says, sometimes peace <laughs> is found on the other side of war. 
Was that good? Was that good? Thank you, thank you, thank you. No, listen to me. Sometimes peace is found on the other side of war. He doesn't stop the storm, but he has a way of silencing the storm within us that rages within us. So we're going to talk about what it looks like to live unbothered. And this is an acrostic, is that right, for uh, the word calm. Yes, sir. We're going to be in, in uh, Matthew. Uh, is it Matthew or Mark? Are we in Mark or Matthew? We're in Mark chapter we're, 4. We're in Mark chapter number 4. And that's going to help us understand how Jesus did it. Say this with me. Follow the plan. Follow the plan. No, sorry. That's the wrong thing. Uh, I said it in the wrong order. <laughs> understand the plan. Follow the pattern. Follow the pattern. Receive the promise. Receive the promise. Always understand that God has a plan, but with every plan, he's given us a pattern, and that pattern is Jesus. And if we follow his pattern, we receive the promise. Are you with me? So we're going we're gonna to follow uh, God's, we're going to understand that God has a plan mm -hmm. for chaos, in the midst of chaos, uh, so that we can be better uh, as a result of the storm, not bitter. So we understand God has a plan. I'm going through a storm right now. There's a storm raging around me and maybe even inside me. But God has a plan for me to live unbothered, to rise above, and uh, he wants me to receive this promise. Uh, to give context, and just so we level set expectations, here's the definition of unbothered. Showing or feeling a lack of concern, a lack of concern about or interest in something not feeling or showing agitation, worry, or annoyance. The truth is we can live unbothered when we have the peace of God because it removes agitation, it removes worry, and Jesus spoke extensively about worry in Matthew 6, and it can remove the annoyances of life. How do we live unbothered? in the midst of calm and chaos. Here's number one. We're going to go fast and furious. Uh, and by the way, thank you guys so much for hanging with us. Wasn't that a beautiful baptism service, man? Awesome. Pastor Wendy, thank you so much for ministering prophetically, man, to those candidates. It was, it was powerful. It was powerful. Um, so here it is. Uh, here's the sea of calm, the sea of calm. If I'm going to experience calm in the midst of chaos, if I'm going to discover Christ in the midst of my chaos, I have to make sure I've got my focus in the right place. Because whatever you keep your mind on, you stay in contact with. I'll say that again. Whatever you keep your mind on, you stay in contact with. And the danger of that is your life will always move in the direction of your most dominant thought. So if I'm going to experience calm in the midst of my crisis, I have to reorient my focus. I have to look away from the storm. I've got to look to Jesus. The pattern of it is, is what happens with Peter. He gets out of the boat. And as long as his eyes are fixed on Jesus, not the storm, he's walking on water. He takes his eyes off Jesus momentarily, and guess what happens? He begins to sink. The same is true in our lives. If we're going to experience calm in the midst of our chaos, we have to reorient our focus on Jesus and recognize that it is Christ with me, Christ in me, and Christ for me.
I said this earlier, but it bears repeating. Storms come to expose or measure our awareness of God's presence or the lack thereof. He said, Pastor Ray, what are you talking about? Notice Psalm 46, verses 1 through 3. It says, God is our refuge and our strength. A very present, one translation says, an ever-present help. When? In the time of trouble. Where is he in my trouble? Right there. Mm -hmm. He's ever-present. And the fact that I don't see him or I may not be aware of him and I don't hear him doesn't mean, here it is, God's silence doesn't mean he's absent. And when we're going through a difficult time, when we're going through crisis, one of the most difficult things to do is to take our eyes off the problem and reorient our focus on the presence of God. That's what the psalmist is doing. He's reaffirming this truth, this promise that, that God is my refuge. I can run to him for safety. He's also my strength, and he's there in my trouble. Very present, ever present. And notice what he says next. Therefore, as a result of walking in this awareness of God's presence, I ain't going to be scared. I will not fear because I magnify my God over the presence of my problem. So I ain't going to be afraid because my God is present and he's bigger. Now, just to put it in perspective, he goes on to describe what's going on. He says, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried away, into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with swelling, and then he says, Selah, which means pause and meditate. In the midst of your trouble, just stop long enough and consider that even if the earth be removed, the mountains be thrown into the sea, there is a greater and overarching reality, and that is that God is with me. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I will not fear. He closes the psalm with these words. Be still and know that I am God. In the midst of your chaos, when you feel like you got to do something to fix this, he says, do what is counterintuitive and be still. And he doesn't only say be still, but he says, and know. Mm-hmm. You need to know some things. While the mountains are being thrown into the sea and the earth is removed, know that I am God. And he says, I will be exalted among the nations. You know what that means? It simply means that I'm so much bigger and so much greater than what you're going through now. If you're going to silence the raging storms in you, It starts, first of all, by coming into a greater awareness of the presence of God. That sometimes life gets hard, but God is still good. And sometimes storms come, but it does not mean that the God who promised never to leave me or forsake me 
has somehow abandoned me. Here's the truth. Our God does not change with our circumstances. He's the same God before the storm, during the storm, and after the storm. Pastor Eric. Wow, that's awesome. And I, I, I kept hearing Pastor Wendy again uh, when you're talking about that. Just that be still and know. And her just taking us back to Jesus, Jesus, yeah. Jesus, Jesus. Because he's the only one that has the ability mm. to help us and to save us yeah. as hard as we try. Mm. I mean, we couldn't save ourselves in the first place. Mm. And sometimes we put ourselves in situations that we can't seem to get out of, mm. dug a hole too deep. Mm. But he's got to shovel that deep. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And he's so good. And, he's, and he is that very present help. And I, what I love about, about the Lord is he doesn't do it in rebuke. Now, we have the Spirit who is our corrector and director, mm. but Jesus in those moments, mm. is p compassionate because yes, he, is. he has he feels our infirmities, the scripture says. He's mm. touched with the very feelings of our infirmities because mm. he was in all points tempted like was as we are yet without sin. Yeah. And so he's compassionate in that way. And mm. I, I thank God for, for that. Mm. that. And that we have to continue to have that awareness that I need something and someone much bigger than I. Mm. And he's always available to be that for us. Come on. So good. I think this is powerful because, you know, Isaiah, speaking prophetically of Jesus and uh, sort of his nature, his character, uh, says that uh, his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, but also Prince of Peace. And so in those moments when we are overwhelmed, we can turn to this compassionate Savior right, who loves us through our darkest moments because he is the Prince of Peace. Yes. Here's the promise we also have from Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, and the reason having this awareness of our compassionate Prince of Peace is so important. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Notice what that says. Again, it's reorienting our minds, not on the problem, but you will keep him or her in perfect peace mm. whose mind is fixed on the problem, whose mind is fixed on the bills, whose mind is fixed on the evil report. No, peace comes as we fix our minds on our compassionate Savior, Amen. and the Holy Spirit helps us do that. Uh, uh, the way we navigate and find calm in the midst of our chaos is, is reorienting our lives around Jesus, who helps us compassionately yes. to experience his peace. Uh, a, let's talk about the A, the A yes. of calm. What does that look like? To align with God's word. Mm, good. And, and it's, in, it's in those times of uncertainty in, where we talk about the silence of God. Mm. And I personally... Uh, just in my own experience and, and my own opinion, which I'm trying not to hold up too high since we read that verse, <laughs> um, is that maybe he's silent because you need to speak up. Mm. And Good. because his word is 
wherever you want it to be. Yeah. You have a Bible, and you can declare with your own mouth mm. what God has said, and God, therefore, is not silent. Mm. Good. But <laughs> Say that one more time. For the people in the back. <laughs> Come on. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Because, again, this is a relationship, but mm. also this is a faith walk. Mm. And, and, and we have feelings about things, and, and we have the senses to help somewhat guide us in, in this physical world, but none of that, that has nothing to do with how we walk as spirits. We need faith. Mm. And, and faith is an active believing and speaking. Yeah. 2 Corinthians 4.13. Yeah. We also have the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. So good. And it was the journey of our father Abraham mm. who began to learn over time to get the promise in his mouth. He heard it from God. Heard it from God, heard it from God, year after year after year after year after year. 24 mm. years he had heard it. Mm. And then when he began to call himself what God called him, mm. Abraham, father of the world, mm. father of a multitude of nations, mm. one year later Isaac was born. So mm. uh, we, we can just let God talk, God talk, God talk, and then, and then when he goes silent, hello, it's your turn. It's good. So good. So good. So we align ourselves with the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and because, because we are made in his image, our words have power. Our words, the, the, the number one reason for words is to create. Secondary is communication. Mm -hmm. And so we, we have this building material in our mouths. Mm -hmm. And as, as Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? Yeah. And so uh, we have to open up our mouths and declare. That the word power is the word yod. It means hand. Imagine this. Put your hand in front of your face like this is what it means, in front of the hand of the tongue. So whatever your tongue is talking about, you're attaching your life to that thing. That's good. Right? Like the kid in Christmas story stuck his tongue to the fl yeah, man. flagpole. Yes, Where sir. his tongue is, there he is. Right? <laughs> yeah. So good. So, wow. Yeah, we align ourselves with God's word by giving uh, us, ourselves an atmosphere of declaring his word so good. in our home and our own lives. Yeah. And, and, and coming into uh, to agreement with what God has said. And so that if I'm following what you're saying, one of the ways we find calm is by aligning with God's word. And one of the ways we align with God's word is to speak yes. God's word. Uh, one of the things we say here at Converge Church is that faith is voice activated. Yes. Uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1 and verse 12. God appears to Jeremiah and uh, he shows Jeremiah this vision of an almond tree. And the almond tree is budding. Right, And then God says to Jeremiah, so shall my word be from your mouth. I will watch over my word to perform it. Mm. What that means is God watches over his word in your mouth That's right. to bring it to pass. And so when you're going through a storm, you not only align with the fact that God is present and God is with me, you also align with his word in your mouth, you speak his word into your storms because God watches over his word to perform it. In Hebrews, it talks about uh, uh, that we hold fast to our confession. Mm -hmm. Speaking of the words that we speak, the, the Greek word there is homo logeo, homo meaning same, logeo meaning word. Uh, it's the idea of having cadence with God. That's right. Uh, when I was in the army, one of the first things they taught us to do was to march in cadence. And the drill sergeant or whoever it was uh, that was leading our, our squad, our platoon, would call cadence. And the only thing we would repeat is what the drill sergeant said. 
What that means is when the scripture says homologeo, same speak God, what we're called to do is align with God's word so that we only say what we hear God say hmm. in the midst of our storm. Jesus gave us that pattern when Jesus said, I only say what I hear the Father say. Yeah. Yeah. And I only do what I see the Father do. The way we find calm in the midst of our storms is reorient our focus around Jesus. That's the C, Christ. And then, like you said, we align with God's word. Let's look at Mark, eight, uh, Mark 4 quickly. Yes. Because I, I think this is important, right? Because Jesus shows us the pattern of how to find calm in the midst of chaos. Familiar passage of scripture for most of us. We're in Mark chapter 4, verse 35, and I think it picks up with, with your thought or the thought you just shared, the A, aligned with God's word. It says, on the same day, we're in verse 35 of Mark chapter 4, on the same day, when evening had come, Jesus said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. This is a bad storm. Mm -hmm. Because the waves are only beaten against the boat, now the boat is filling with water. Verse 38 says, but notice where Jesus was though. Jesus was in the stern, asleep, on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Finding calm in the midst of chaos, finding Christ in the midst of crisis. He spoke to the sea and said, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Verse 40 says, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? Now, I don't know about you. If I'm one of the disciples in the boat, I'm like, Jesus, is that a rhetorical question? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, are you serious right now? The boat's filling with water. And you're asking me why I'm afraid? Not only that, he follows up and says, how is it that you have no faith? Jesus this boat's filling with water. I need to do something. I, I, I need to come up with an escape plan. This is an emergency. And Jesus says, you're fearful and you have no faith. Now, hold up, Jesus. <laughs> that is unfair and unreasonable for you to suggest that if a boat is filling with water, I'm fearful and I lack faith. And how dare you not affirm my feelings? Come on, somebody. <laughs> Listen to what Jesus said. And I think this is why this is so powerful for us to understand. That when you're going through a storm, you have to align your life with God's word. Yes. You know what that means? What was the last thing Jesus said to them? before they set sail. Let's go to the other side. Had the word. 
They had a word from God. And one of the most difficult things to do is to hold on to what God said when nothing in my circumstances looked like anything God said. Yeah. Jesus is saying to them, why are you scared? Why are you afraid? Don't you remember I said, let's go to the other side. And one of the most difficult things to do is to remember what God said in the midst of our storm. Yet it's the one thing that will anchor us and sustain us because when storms come, listen to me, when storms come, they will cause you to question how much God cares. Isn't that the first thing the disciples did when they went and woke Jesus up? First of all, Jesus, if you really cared, you wouldn't be asleep. Psalm 121 says, I will lift up my eyes to the hills when whence cometh my help. All of my help comes from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth. He that keepeth Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. Yeah, we see Jesus asleep. And they go and wake Jesus up. Master, don't you care that we're perishing? Because if you really cared, you wouldn't be asleep on my crisis. Wow. We talked about some of this when we were preparing, and you had some pretty cool insight. Because the disciples, the disciples and Jesus are experiencing the same thing. They're all in the boat. Yet Jesus has a very different response than his disciples. Mm -hmm. The truth is what you know to be true about God is the thing that will sustain you when you go through your storm. And because Jesus knew they were going to the other side, he got him a nice comfortable pillow <laughs> and went to sleep. Yeah. Because his alignment was around what he had said Let's go to the other side. Meaning what happens in the middle doesn't really matter. Because we will get to the other side. So he begins to ask them, why, why are you so fearful? And why do you lack faith? Easier said than done. Indeed. But take it, take it away, Pastor Indeed. Eric. Wow. The, the two extremes are, are what stand out to me. Mm. Uh, there's there's no, no in the middle here. Jesus is completely fast asleep, and these guys are freaking out. Which means that there has to be some... We have two different levels here, and we're talking about in this next thought, mm -hmm. to level up, mm. to get, get a level mind, a level head in this situation. And if an issue is a two, you don't act like it's a 10. Mm. Obviously, Jesus sees this as nothing. He's asleep on the thing. Mm. I'm wondering, what if the disciples just decided to go to bed too? Mm. Well, can't really know the outcome, but I have a feeling it would have gone a lot smoother for them. Mm. If they would have just followed what their master was doing. Mm. He's asleep? Shoot, what are we worried about? Mm. Right? Wow. And how many of you know it's not the wisest thing to say, mm. do you not care, to the one who's about to die for your sins? Mm. Like, yeah. Not the smartest. Mm. 
So good. That's powerful. But I love, I love how you, you, you show us there from the scriptures. The word's out there. The other side. I think Luke said the other side of the lake, right? right. Either way, they're getting over there. Mm. I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm under some personal conviction right now as we're going through this. So yeah. I'm just. No, no, it's powerful. Because I think one of the most, the most difficult uh, seasons to manage in all our lives is the middle. Mm-hmm. You're not where you were, you're not where you're going, yeah. but you're somewhere in the middle. It's, it's the uncertainty of Saturday. Good Friday, I saw you crucified. So in my mind, it's over. Yet you said Sunday's coming. And sometimes between Friday and Sunday, it's, it's, there's so much uncertainty. And for us, the chaos and the crisis usually happens in the middle. They were halfway between where they were and where they were headed. Mm-hmm. And then some of you freaking out right now because your boat filling with water. And it seems like Jesus is asleep on your case. The storms come to cause us the question not only whether or not Jesus cares. That's what they said. Master, don't you care that we're perishing? And like you said... And when you go through your storm, be careful that you don't exaggerate your circumstances now. Because in their minds, they said, we good as dead. Let me tell you why that's important. Uh, (laughs) This is a whole nother message, but I got to say it. Can I take a quick rabbit trail? Uh, Listen, listen, Jacob gets a bad rap. Jacob gets a bad rap. Mm -hmm. And they say, oh, man, you cheated your brother out of his birthright. He didn't cheat his brother out of his birthright. No. Go back and read the story. His brother comes to him. He's been hunting and caught nothing. He missed one meal. And he goes to his brother and says to his brother, I'm about to die. Nah, bro, you ain't really that hungry. You ain't about to die. You probably tired. And his brother said, if you want this one bowl of soup, this one bowl of Wendy's chili. Wasn't that good? Hopefully nobody from Wendy's watching. But he said, it's going to cost you your birthright. Now, if Jacob was guilty of anything, he wasn't guilty of deception. He was guilty of being a predatory lender. <laughs> Jacob had some interest rates, y'all. Yeah, I'll give you this $100, but you're going to pay 300% for it. No, no. It is an honest exchange between two grown men. If you want this bowl of soup, I want your birthright. Esau could have walked away and said, you crazy. Esau's words to Jacob was, what is this birthright? Seeing that I am about to die. Was Esau really about to die? No. No. Was he tired? Maybe. Was he hungry? Yes. Not about to die. 
And even if he were about to die, he could have gone to his mama's house and she would have cooked him some venison stew. And when you read what the scripture says about Esau, scripture calls Esau a profane person mm -hmm. because he despised what was precious. Listen to me. There's always going to be people, going to be people who place more value on what you've despised. That was Jacob. Jacob understood what his brother had. His brother didn't understand what he had. And because he exaggerated his circumstances, in one moment, y'all listen to me, he exaggerated his circumstances, and he made a long-term decision based on temporary inconveniences. Listen to me, when you're going through storms, be careful not to exaggerate your circumstances. Master, we about to die. Are you really? Is that thing going to take you out? Are you sure? There's not a comeback. Are you sure there's not a second chance? Are you sure if things don't work out now the way you planned, is it over for you? Because if we're not careful, we will exaggerate our circles. Two things happen. We question whether God cares. And here's the second thing. We begin to question what God said. Because if it's true, Jesus, you said let's go to the other side, then this wouldn't be happening right here in the middle where it looks like I'm about to die. So there are many of us who step out in faith, let's go to the other side. And when the storm comes, we question how much God cares, and we wonder, did God really say that? Because if God really said that, I wouldn't be here. When the truth is, God did say that. And all he wants you to do is level up and respond, not react. Yeah, because when you go and take they say, oh man, he's having a reaction to that treatment. Or they can say, oh man, he's responding really well to therapy. Most of us have a fear reaction instead of a faith response to our storms. And so when we go through storms, God wants us to level up. And the two things that we cannot let go of is the fact that God cares and we have to always go back to what he said. And what he said is, let's go to the other side. Yeah. What happens in the middle matters not. Let's close this thing out, Doc. Yes, what sir. we got? What's the M? Oh, did you? I'm sorry. You had something else. Go for it. If you had something else. No, no, I'm good. Let's... Okay, let's send them home. Oh, Lord Jesus, I just saw the time. Yes. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Some of y'all going to have to change your reservations at Luby's. <laughs> Golden Corral. <laughs> I like it. Shoney's. There's no Shoney's in Texas, is there? Is there Shoney's in What year is this? <laughs> <laughs> huh? 
Here's another one, Ponderosa. I'm going way back. Ponchos. Ponchos. Classic, man. Raise the flag. Raise the flag, man. (laughs) That's powerful. So here's what happens, right? Jesus rebukes the wind. Mm -hmm. He says, peace be still. He calms the storm. And I think God wants to do that in our lives. Uh, He wants us to live in that place in the midst of the storm to experience calm. Uh, Verse 41 says, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? The word we chose, the word we chose for M is the word mastery. Mastery. Jesus wants us to recognize that when he went to the cross, one of the things he restored to us as Christ followers is what Adam lost. Mm-hmm. And one of the things Adam lost was dominion. Jesus came to restore dominion and authority. Yeah. The way I like to say it is this, in Christ, you are not merely a human being having a spiritual experience. You are a spiritual being mastering your human experience. Mm-hmm. I'll say that one more time. You're not just a human being having a spiritual experience. Now that you're born again, you are a spiritual being mastering, mastering your human experience. Just in case you're thinking, I'm pulling that out the, my hip. Romans chapter 5 and verse 17 in the NIV says it this way, For if by the trespass of one man, Adam, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness, notice the next phrase, reign in life through the one man, Christ Jesus. Listen, if what Adam did caused so much havoc, how much more would what Jesus did cause us, listen to the words or the phrase, reign in life. The Passion Translation says it this way, death once held held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in this life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. That's where Jesus wants us to live. He wants us to walk in mastery, dominion, authority over life situations and circumstances just as he did. I know you got something. <laughs> I, I just have an amen to put on that one. That's it. You just have an amen. Yes, sir. Wow. Wow. Four things. Finding calm. Focus on Jesus. The sea is Christ. Uh, he is closer than we often think. Mm-hmm. He is an ever-present help in our time of trouble. Align with God's word. Because one of the things that the enemy comes to try to steal is, did God, isn't that what he did in the, mm-hmm. in the Garden of Eden? Has God said. Has God said. Did God really say that? Because if God told you that, it wouldn't be this hard. Yet Jesus said, let's go to the other side. Mm -hmm. What most of us miss, and this is the last thing I'm going to say. Can I just say this last thing? 
The thing sometimes we're least willing to contend for is the thing that's on the other side of our storm. Because if you only knew what was on the other side of your storm, can I just tell you what was on the other side? When they land on the other side, they are met upon arrival by the demoniac of Gadarenes, demon-possessed. When Jesus ministers to him, he casts out a legion of demons. This guy is so radically transformed, the scripture says, I mean, this guy was cutting himself. He was breaking chains, chains living in caves. And after one encounter with Jesus, his life is so radically transformed. He says, you know what, Jesus? I want to follow you. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. Don't follow me. But go and tell everyone how good God's been to you. And the scripture says he went to Decapolis, Deca being 10, Polis being cities. He went to a metropolis, a metroplex of 10 cities and preached Jesus to 10 cities. You know what the storm was about? The storm was about keeping them from getting to the demoniac of Gadarenes because Jesus got back in the boat, turned right around and went back. Jesus weathered the storm for one outcast. Mm. One demon-possessed outcast. And Jesus will do it for you too. God sent me and Pastor Eric this morning to tell you, don't throw in the towel now. Because there's somebody waiting on the other side of your obedience there's somebody waiting on the other side of your endurance. There's somebody waiting on the other side of you getting through this storm. And when Jesus said, let's go to the other side, what he saw was a man who was once demon-possessed who would become an evangelist to ten cities. God's invitation to us this morning is to find calm in the midst of our crisis because of all the things that are waiting on the other side of your obedience. Let's pray. Would you pray for us, Pastor Eric? Father, thank you for this, this beautiful service today. Thank you, Lord, that in you we have peace. As a matter of fact, you are our peace, as your word says. And I thank you, Lord, for you know every heart, you know every circumstance, every trouble, every situation mm. in here today. And you have peace for all of them. A peace that passes all understanding. Yes, Lord. And this kind of peace that comes from God guards their heart. It mm. guards their mind. Mm. It keeps them in a safe place. A place full of the knowledge of God. Yes, Lord full of the grace of God mm. and an understanding that this too shall pass. But the Thank word you. of God will never, ever fail. Thank you, Lord. So we thank you right now for your peace to be granted as the Apostle Paul would pray, great grace, great peace will be multiplied to them yes. from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Don't you appreciate Pastor Eric? Oh, Lord. Why don't you stand with us as we're dismissed? Is Pastor Jesse here? Pastor Jesse, are you here? We'll have Pastor Jesse bless us out.
if he's here if he's not i'll bless you out uh just by way of reminders the, the the host i think they announced it in the live news i was changing uh from my baptism clothes into uh into my preaching clothes uh, but listen uh your generosity did we talk about the towels listen we've already exceeded our goal of 500 i think we've collected 700 huh over 900 towels and our goal was to collect towels all this month we're going to use those towels to bless our brothers and sisters experiencing homelessness right here in our city that being said okay we're going we're going to flip the script since we almost double our goal and this is a personal request uh we partnered with Kia and uh, Gibbs and Bariah Wagner. Every year they do what's called the Juneteenth Unity Games. It is a community-wide event. Uh, they have asked, because they're partnering with Love Packs, and the, the cost of admission is just uh, one food item. And, and so we wanted to support them, and what we're asking, what we're asking you for Father's Day is to just bring one food item. It can be a box of cereal, and I think we're gonna post that on our social media, the items that they need, but just bring a can of beans or one item per family member. So for my family of four, we're gonna bring at least four food items. We ask you to do that. Just bring it with you to the church for Father's Day, suits and sneakers. Let's be a blessing uh, to these families underserved in our community as we partner with Love Packs. Can we do that? Amen. Again, as always, thank you for your generosity. Pastor Jesse shared some of the work that we're doing in Africa with Living Water Ministries. We're able to sponsor a team of four leaders to go to Kenya uh, for a leadership conference. And then again in Campo Grande, Brazil. Listen, we're going to be taking some mission trips. Anybody want to go to Brazil? Want to go to Africa? All right. That's going to be happening in 2024 as we grow. Pastor Jesse, why don't you come? Listen, if you need prayer or if you just like to meet uh, Pastor Eric uh, and Pastor Wendy, we'll be outside uh, to receive all of our guests. God bless you and thank you. Thank you for patiently enduring today's extended service. God bless you. Have an awesome week. Amen. Praise God. We thank God for the word today. What a great message from pastor today, Pastor Ray Harmon and Pastor Eric. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much. I know you're hungry, so we won't keep you long. Well, let's, let's look at the Word of God. The Bible says the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. May God bless you, may God keep you, and may you be blessed this week. Thank you so much for coming. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed. impacted by today's worship experience would love to hear from you maybe today's sermon is exactly what you needed to hear or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time if so would love to send you information on how to kickstart your relationship with God or if you'd like information about how to join our virtual family email us at echurch at weareconvert.com if you'd like to partner with us financially you can do so online safely and securely at www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. You can also give via text. Simply text Converge Give and the dollar amount that you'd like to give to 77977. You can also find all of this information in our mobile app. Simply go to your app or Play Store, search for Converge Church Plano and download the app. It's that simple. Again, thank you so much for joining us for today's worship experience and we look forward to staying connected with you.